Welcome to College App 101. I'm your host, Dr. Riley. Succeeding in high school is challenging, and applying to college is overwhelming. I hope my comments here ease the tension you may feel. It will benefit you to think like a college admissions counselor. She's the lady who will read your application to Auburn or Bucknell. He's the guy who will handle your application to Ole Miss or Lehigh. I've worked with many such professionals. They're great people and interested in helping you apply to their school. What makes a good college student good? What are the attributes of a good college student? There are several ways to answer these questions. I'd like to answer them with reference to reading. At this point in my career, I've had thousands of students in my classroom or advising office. As I think about students whom I would characterize as good, many were eager, ravenous readers, but not all. When I think about students who were enthusiastic readers, who enjoyed reading, without exception, they were good students. I think it fair to say, on the basis of my experience, that good students aren't always excited about reading, but students that are excited about reading are always good students. In brief, cultivating a love for reading helps someone improve as a student. Again, cultivating a love for reading helps someone improve as a student. When I entered Ohio State as an undergraduate, I was not an enthusiastic reader. Four years later, when I left, I was. As a little kid, I liked stories, books, and reading. But in time, my experience mirrored the trend observed by many school librarians. That trend is young children delight in reading and stories. But the older a student gets, the less interested they are in reading. So why did I enjoy a renaissance of reading as a college student? As far as I can tell, there were two reasons. The first was some of my most influential friends at the time loved to read. I guess they rubbed off on me. The second is my parents and teachers read aloud to me as a child. During story time in school, my teachers read aloud to my classes. The seeds planted during those formative years finally yielded a harvest in college. My teachers read books like My Brother Sam is Dead by James Lincoln Collier and Christopher Collier, Where the Red Fern Grows by Wilson Rawls. But the most memorable and greatest read-aloud book was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. That book opened a world of wonder to me. Eventually, a classmate in elementary school alerted me to its sequel, Prince Caspian. I still remember the thrill I felt discovering the lion's story continued. If you don't know the personal story of the late, great C.S. Lewis, it will be worth your time to learn. He was a University of Cambridge professor and author. His writing career was absolutely sensational, and he played a significant role in helping the British find comfort and hope during the Second World War. His autobiography, written after World War II, bears the title Surprised by Joy. Chapter 2, named Concentration Camp, narrates Lewis's experience in school Sorry, narrates Lewis's first experience in school, what Americans would consider a British all-boys elementary-level boarding school. Given the title of the chapter, Concentration Camp, the picture he paints isn't pretty, but it's funny the way he tells the story. Lewis describes the school's owner and headmaster, a fellow the boys called Oldie. 
Oldie was a big, bearded, immensely strong, physically dirty, cruel person who regularly punished students by whipping them with a cane. It seems the man flirted with insanity. Lewis recounts a whipping scene when Oldie positioned a student at one end of the room, and Oldie broke into a run from the opposite end toward the student, culminating in a paddle whack on the student's backside. Evidently, there were multiple across-the-room runs and strokes of the paddle for the student's mistake, which was an error in a geometry proof. Like I said, it isn't pretty. But Lewis is skilled at incorporating levity and comic relief. For example, in describing the school staff, Lewis points out Oldie's assistant was his grown son called Wee Wee. Surprised by joy, Lewis's autobiography, what I'm talking about here, came into my possession as a high school graduation gift, one of the very few that I kept and have referenced over the decades. My guidance counselor gave a hardback copy to me. It is true that she was the mother of a good friend of mine, but I was close enough to her that she knew a C.S. Lewis book would be a fitting gift. Students, you don't need to be so close to your guidance counselor that you receive a gift from them at graduation, but you do need to know them, and they need to know you, because many college applications require a counselor letter of recommendation. But the value of your guidance counselor goes beyond letters of recommendation. We're in the middle of a series of episodes designed to help current juniors, members of the class of 2024, apply to college successfully in a few short months. January's episode, titled New Year, New College App Goals, encourages juniors to use the first half of 2023, this year, right now, to create their list of colleges that will receive their apps this fall. February's episode, titled Tips on Saving for Tuition, sets forth steps juniors should take starting now so they're prepared for the college bills they'll face shortly after high school graduation. Here in March, when students and schools are planning next year's class schedule, juniors should make an appointment with their guidance counselor to address and answer two questions. Question one, is the junior on track to meet the high school's required credits for graduation? And question two, is the junior on track to meet the recommended high school coursework of the junior's intended colleges? Regarding the first question, juniors, and I encourage a guardian or parent a guardian or parent to be present at the meeting also, juniors should simply ask their counselor, am I on track to graduate? In most cases, the answer will be yes. Exceptions occur when you fail a class or two or three or have been unable to complete a, a year of high school in a normal way. For example, due to a chronic illness, you were sidelined and absent for a large portion of an academic year. In brief, the typical junior should be on track to graduate given the courses you took in grades 9 and 10, the courses you are taking now, and the courses you are slated to take in grade 12. If you're off track, then a conversation about summer school or other measures is in order. Regarding the second question about satisfying the recommended high school coursework of the junior's intended colleges, juniors will need to do some advanced research. Prior to the guidance counselor meeting, research prospective colleges' specific credit recommendations. This information is often published on colleges' admissions webpages under headings like recommended high school coursework 
or prerequisites or required high school credits. Once you know the required credits of your colleges, you're ready to meet with your guidance counselor. At the meeting, junior, parent, guardian, and counselor should compare the student's high school coursework with the recommended coursework of their college. If an area of deficiency is revealed, then March is the time to rectify the problem. For example, you may have two foreign language credits, but your college recommends three. Then you would do well to add a third foreign language credit to senior year schedule. If you're completely unsure about your intended colleges, then at a minimum, pursue the 4x4, which is how college admissions counselors call four credits in each core subject area, math, science, English, and social science. To be fair to the legacy of Oldie's school, C.S. Lewis says his experience there wasn't a complete nightmare. For example, though tyrannical, Oldie did teach geometry exceptionally well. He forced students to reason, and Lewis is better for it. He also narrates sort of a touching scene between Oldie and a very contrite student. Lewis writes these words, Impelled by conscience, a boy once confessed to Oldie an otherwise undetectable lie. The ogre was touched. He only patted the terrified boy's back and said, Always stick to the truth. Which is a reminder, juniors, to be honest with your guidance counselor. Be yourself, not the person you think they want you to be. No doubt you're becoming more and more aware that honesty is a cornerstone of healthy relationships. I certainly was grasping that more and more by the time I was your age. If you've enjoyed this and other College App 101 podcasts, please share them through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or my website. Until next time, I'm your pre-college advisor, Dr. Riley. For more information about succeeding in high school, college apps, visit my website, collegeapp101.com. That's college, C-O-L-L-E-G-E, app, A-P-P-101.com.